It does. It does. It just like a standard UV laser. The Chinese ones use the same tech. Uh, it's a filtered 1064 beam, and uh, those crystals do wear out. So you do get you get about 10,000 hours uh, of operation time. So the cost of use is much higher on something like a UV laser than it is on something like a fiber laser, where you could expect more something along the lines of like 100,000 hours uh, with yeah. the UV, you're, you're more like 10 to maybe 20 to get something really high quality. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Laser Source Podcast, the number one podcast if you want to goof off. That's really what we're doing today. Um, I hope everybody's doing well. We've got a bunch of people in chat today. Willie Sims, very proud to be here first. And uh, Vince Nobucks, what's up? Sargon Tavor, chillin'. Wendy Phillips, Ew. as always. What's up, guys? Uh, hope you guys are doing well. We've actually got, I can kick right off with Willie today. Um, so Willie Sims sent me a bunch of stuff. He's got access to like a ton of different brands of knives. And he sent me some of them to check out, which are pretty cool. Um, he's got a business. It's linked in the description. Yeah, yeah. I know, he's on it. Um, it's linked in the description. It's lasertoleather.com. He let me know oh. slash business, which doesn't, seem to be up yet but if you want to check out the rest of his website it's laser to leather.com uh, i was just checking it out before the show and uh he sent me one for me which is like really nice so this is cool it's like damascus oh, the bone handle yeah nice. bone handle and damascus on the blade there Ooh. uh very fancy i've not marked it up i almost don't want to <laughs> every <laughs> everything in it's my super life, pretty everything in my life is marked you know i <laughs> I almost kind of want to like leave this one alone, uh, but he sent me 10 other knives too. And I was going to show a couple of them off and he told me those are for giveaway. So um, I'm sure Kyle, we can arrange to like set up a giveaway. Um, yeah. Maybe we'll just do like a quick three minute giveaway announcement episode, you know, and just upload it. And I'll just say like, Hey, we're giving away some knives. If you want some, there's a link. Yeah, we can do that. So it won't be on the podcast link, uh, but we'll do like a separate video later. But if you guys wanted to see them, I can show you really quick. Yeah, while um, you're doing that, I got this little uh, guy too. While you're turned around, so he actually, yes, this little guy. I wouldn't worry about this little guy. So he sent me this one at like he just. I said, dude, you you know you don't need to send me anything. He's like, yeah, but he's like, take a look at it. This is a beefy boy. Yeah, look at that, and it's got a nice uh, assist to it, so it just popped right out. Yeah, and so that's a really really nice one that's got a lot of space to engrave. And I'm really excited because I got the real CO2 estate. Galvo. Yeah, I got the real estate. The CO2 Galvo came in. So put some cool stuff here. See how it works out. Willie told me nice. that he specifically chose the knives that you'll find on his website because they have real estate available for personalization, mm -hmm. um, which is really cool. Here's one of the knives that we can give away. This is a one-off. There's only one of these. So I don't have a ton of them, but look at that Ooh, brass. Like that brass. brass? Oh, yeah, that's oh, pretty. That's brass. Yeah, that's, that's on this website right now. Uh, yeah, I, it should be. I didn't. I don't recall seeing this specific one. Uh, it's I'm by Rough Rider, and dude, that's uh, solid, dude. It's really nice. That could be like an heirloom piece for like I don't know. That's cool. 
yeah do you, totally do you guys want to see my uh, my daily driver spine lock on it which is nice really smooth yeah dude i i lost my uh my stream knife that we made oh, so no. oh, the, the, so this is now my daily driver <laughs> a box cutter, <laughs> a box cutter? Kyle, it's really just a it's a foldable box guy. cutter gang You're member the guy in line at the fucking store so i mean um, whoa there, there it is. is. 11 bucks, guys. I'm going to get some of those just to... Nice. That, that's that's dope. I want that bone-handled dagger just for funsies. Look at that Renaissance yeah, one. That's yeah, dude. That's, that's badass. Like, that's for, like, killing people in the shadows. No, that's, that's a letter a opener. It's a letter opener. Well, that, that's a shank. <laughs> I mean, yes, that is a letter opener for legal reasons. This spear is pretty cool to me. Is that a spearhead? Yeah, it is. That's dope. Yeah, that's pretty, that that's looks pretty illegal cool. in New York. Look at, look at the hatchet. Click the hatchet. Click it. Ooh. What is it? Smooth bone handle. It's got a bone handle hatchet. Uh, yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, so a lot of the stuff oh. that he's chosen to carry have bone <clears throat> handles, which engrave very nicely, but they smell like death. <laughs> so that's the one thing yeah. to be aware of if you're going to mark bone. Yeah, that's, right, that's good night, buddy. Good night. Organic I love bone. you. I'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Say hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. Time to perfect, Felix. Nice job. Hey, bud. Bed. Okay. Quietly. Your sister's sleeping, okay? Okay. All right. Okay. Um, yeah, so the brass one's by a company called Rough Rider, and then they have another. This one I have two of to give away, so I'll be able to give away two of these. It's already on, bub. Um, I have two of these to give away. Sorry, guys. I work from oh, home. Nice. Um, so same thing, but steel handle. So it just feels like a full steel. Yeah, that's nice. Kind of set up on that. Again, that's Rough Rider. It's a little bit smaller than the brass one, and it's got the spine lock again, um, So, which is really nice. Question for you. Yep. What do you think the Rough Rider's role is? <laughs> the Whoa. Rough Rider's role? Come on, yeah, like come back, twister? Whoa. <laughs> Nothing. Is that? Am I being too young for something? Yeah, you're too young. We get uh, it. You're in your 20s still. DMX reference. I am not. DMX. <laughs> okay, then you have no excuse. <laughs> Here's the first example of one of the bone knives. Uh, this one is by Right Edge. And uh, here's that guy right there. So really, uh, they, they've, got, they've got a, for sure, like a... Trying to pick the right words, um, almost like vintage look, yeah, like a vintage look, yeah, still see your face. There we I go. Know. <laughs> see, that's a really oh, nice yes. knife, too, just for like everything, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty chill. That's like the right kind of knife to carve up an apple while you're on the trail, kind of thing, yeah, yep. that's exactly what my mm. grandpa had. No lock on that one, really stiff, open and close, though, which is good. Um, and then the last one, which I know we saw on the website while we were looking was this this thing is bizarre but it is a dog tag the dog tag one yeah with a knife in it um let me see does this one lock or does it just pop open yeah uh that is that's a that's, blunt little sucker that's something else right oh God, that's a, is that a belt buckle knife uh yeah, it's got a it's got a clip it's on got it a clip on it no it's it's a dog tag uh man oh, oh, it's yeah. a dog tag yeah that's dog a, tag that's a, you that's you can toss that quick from so you don't go to jail. That's what that is. 
Um, that is a blunt little thing, though, man, right there. God. <laughs> stubby. Stubby, it's for just sure. Stubby. So I've got hey, uh, there's so many things I can say. Two of those to give away. Yeah, it's what? It's the chode of knives. What? How dare you? I would never. You would. You were and you would. Um, so I've got two of those to give away. So we'll definitely give some of those away. Um, and I will announce that once I have, give Kyle a chance to set that up. Um, we'll give away some knives. They're not super expensive. It's not the world's most exciting giveaway, but that was their intended use. So that's something is to, uh, new to try out. <laughs> well, uh, and we shall do them. One of the things that Willie, when because like he and I talked probably one night for like a good couple hours, he had said that he picked stuff because basically whenever you go online looking for stuff like this, it's always difficult to find things cheap enough that are in like stateside, mm-hmm. or you have to order like some MOQ where you're dropping like twenty knives. Yeah. So basically, yeah. he said my whole goal is make a couple of bucks, but make things available to people at a good price where you can make a profit. And I was like, that's your market, buddy. You, you're in the right spot. Well, so. I know too, like Kyle and I have spent a long time. I'm sure you've been around for this too, Matt. Um, like looking for knives. We like knives here. We're, we're big knife freaks. And <laughs> you spend 95% of the time. I don't know what the obsession is right now with like skeletonized knife handles. Do you yeah. know what I'm talking about? Like They're the like, Spyderco stuff. Oh, and it's just yeah. like I spend most of my time when I'm looking for knives scrolling past shit like that. <laughs> So, I mean, just like having some, a direct selection of things that are made to be personalized. I can tell you a lot of the reason people want those kind of knives, if you're a hunter, like in my hunting pack itself, there's a lot of times you want to go really light, really lightweight. And also, also when you're, when you're gutting and cutting something like the blood gets all over, like you can't have a nice wood, even steel gets slippery when you Mm -hmm. got blood. Mm -hmm. So if you've got something that's made out of either like poly uh, propylene, or you've got something that's empty, basically, you can get a grip on there. Yeah. So that's it. It doesn't help us. <laughs> but yeah, no, it absolutely doesn't. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like those are tools. Um, and the other thing I'm hoping, too, uh, if Willie's still around, he may have already done this. I'm kind of feeling like he already did it. Um, and I'm not going to check right now because it's going to take too long. But uh, I hope to see laser to leather on the marketplace. I hope that we get Willie's great selection on the marketplace when the marketplace opens. Because um, he's bad. he's applied. He has applied. Okay, cool. If he's applied, he I've applied. approved it because I know I'm up on approvals, uh, which is great. So um, that's awesome. That and, was literally uh, what I told him the first time. He was like, hey, do you know what we can do with these? I was like, yes, join the marketplace. And he was on it, dude, that day. Nice. Uh, this is a throwback right here, dude. Dr. Asus in the house. Uh, do you guys recall Dr. Asus? That's an old yeah, name man. right there. That's an old name for sure. He's an OG. And uh, he's saying all those knives would have to be marked with fiber laser, correct? Uh, no, the bone will mark with CO2. Uh, the bone will mark with a diode. Um, UV. So as long as you're getting the bone handle or wood handled knives, uh, yeah. you can do some handle work. And I, it, to be fair, even like diodes uh, can handle the steel. You can do kind of like an oxidization on steel, on stainless uh, with a diode laser. I've done it before. Of course, it's slow. Uh, but every time that we've reviewed a diode laser for the channel, at least the ones that I've done, um, I've been able to do that successfully, even with like five watt diode laser modules. So you really don't need a fiber 
to mark any of this. Obviously, it's extremely helpful. It's going to be faster and it's going to look the best, but you don't need one. You, you absolutely don't need one. Yeah. Yep. Would it be so? Would a diode be able to handle that brass one or no? Like I don't. I've never seen. I have not diode tried. Brass. I have not tried brass or the really? diode. Like, I'm going to assume not. I'm going to yeah. assume no. Um, I, you can still do the blade. It's the blade stainless. I do. I do have a little bit of brass and copper. I could try it, but I. You're not really going to. There's nothing in it for it to react with. Right. Because it yeah. disperses the heat so quickly, and there's nothing for it to really. Oh cook. yeah, because it would be an anneal almost more than like yeah. That's yeah. Fair. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The other thing too is like that steel. Like even though Alex was saying it's slow, if you were just going to do something like initials on those little steel totally. knives, yeah. that'd be you can make some money. You can make some money, and with yeah. a you know a laser that costs a couple hundred dollars. So yeah. uh, get another reason to get pick up a diode if you can't afford a fiber. I've got I've got four more. diodes. I love them. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they're chill, dude. Get the little pecker. You got a it's just a little knife, it. you know. It's a good you, gadget. You and Kyle, that could be perfect for knives. Speak, uh, yeah, I have to try that too. It's still sitting right next to me. It's yes. right. It's literally six inches away from my left elbow right now. Um, and I Your need pecker to, six inches away. Turn that off. Yes, I mean, you know, it's huge. What can I say? It's the opposite of that uh, dog tag knife. Um, <laughs> Kyle, emergencystop.net. Kyle, we just uploaded a new episode. It's really funny. You guys should go check it out. Kyle and Matt oh. got some new toys in the shop. You guys want to talk about it? Uh, so I don't know what you're talking about. <clears throat> this is a 100-pound beast. I had to do this alone for the most part last night until my wife heard me like cussing and being like, I'm going to drop this. <laughs> and then she came running out, and then it wasn't like the most polite you know, thing. But... Yeah. So real quick, let me see. Let's show this. I, this is the okay. So real quick, and me and Matt have twins. At, so this is just to show people really fast. Speaking right? of shows, yeah. <laughs> Hi. Uh, <laughs> okay, that's <laughs> that was for you. Uh, so this is this is a three-inch box. Yeah, shows usually are clip voice. You're right. So um, this is the three-inch box. So the three-inch cowboy head, like the three-inch box next to this cowboy head, right? Mm-hmm. Then the 10 millimeter head. Yep. And then you have the three inch box next to this galvo head. Right. Yeah. And then if you look at this three inches right here and then over here, I can't show you, but it's bigger than the head. It's like an eight. It's less than half. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably eight inches by six inches. Um, RF tubes are big. And I think. Would you like me to turn it on so you can hear it? Uh, that's yeah. sorry. I'm I'm like reversing a reverse point here, but there's mine. Yep. It's a 700 millimeter tower, and I also got a riser with it, so I can yeah. still raise it up another 200 millimeters if I wanted to. Yep. They're big. Jeez. I feel like I don't know why. I, I was kind of reviewing so heavy. some of the old footage of the Mactron CO2 Galvo, um, and it's they, it always looks small on camera and it's they are not it did that's why no. I, like i yeah. i literally put aside like two feet like normal thinking like oh this will just be like the other ones and kyle like the fact that kyle's because like alicia pate got one may armstrong got one and i got one mm-hmm. and then kyle got one and it literally so like the, may's was like that's a really heavy laser but it's may you know, she's a, <laughs> she and alicia are both like a little daintier than my 250 pound self so i was like this will be fine Mm-hmm. But then I get a message from Kyle and I was like, hey, man, have you put yours together yet? And he goes, that was a heavy laser. <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> well, I'll be OK. I'll be fine. 
Willie Willie says you guys have to be single. My wife would kill me. <laughs> Literally not. I actually no. We we all have significant others or wives. I actually celebrated my eleventh year anniversary yesterday. No, nice. I was going to so. say mine just doesn't love me, so that's okay. Yeah, oh, no, either way. <laughs> it's okay. It's hard to love a chode. What's <laughs> 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 <With> his face? <laughs> Got nothing for that one. I you mean. know what? The boys love you, bro. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the boys love you. The boys love to... <laughs> Anyways, this isn't Emergency Christian. Stop. This net. isn't Christian. Yeah. Right. So uh, needless to say, if you're ordering one of these, um, it's heavy. So yeah, I hope you've been doing really... your bicep curls. Oh, like oh. Pounds. The other thing, if you'll notice the table that used to be far away from me is now here. This is a 37-inch Galvo arm. So the other ones are about 24 inches. So it literally goes out uh, 37 inches plus the actual like fiber uh, path mm-hmm. is another four inches or so. So, I mean, you're literally looking at like four feet. I'm off the wall. So my there's desk. A, there's a very specific reason why I have the desks oriented the way I do at the shop. Kind of like island style. Yeah. yeah. It's just point. It's pointless to try to even put it so, up. You have to go sideways off the edge yeah. of the table or you need to island it because otherwise like you're saying you're going to be 24 inches off of the wall yeah so that's basically it and so i told kyle i said you know what though that gives me a lot of room to do my ventilation system mm-hmm. on the wall like actually attach it to the wall so look g smith just said ventilation piping the next project exactly right man. yeah jxrp um, is saying uh, it would be awesome if you guys did a video on how to oh, set up a ventilation oh, system for your fiber it laser. is so uh, I could it is on the list. Yeah, I was going to say we could maybe uh, squeeze that one out of Matt since he's just about to do it. Well, actually, yeah. I'll be, I could do mine. So I'm actually going to move my laser down here to the basement and plumb it out the window. And Kyle sent me a link to some stuff. Three different types of ventilation systems. Why not? Three different takes. Yeah. yeah. Why not? It, like an anthology. Like, and because everybody's got just different throw it all into one big video. I'm literally wanting to I just punch like a three, Like a mini playlist, like a mini three, series. Yeah, three of them. Because yeah. literally, Al, uh, no, Alex, Kyle was making fun of the fact that mine's static or whatever. Mm. And I was like, thanks, Kyle. Or not static. Was it static or not static? Static. Yeah, because you saw oh. like fiberglass. Like, you said oh, yeah. It, you, you need more air movement. So that's why, I, that's why uh, Alex and I were talking yesterday. I really just want to buy a centrifugal. And instead of running it 15 feet that way, punch a big-ass hole right here. Call it a day. Yep. Like... Because uh, the buying guide has that really eight-inch quiet one, like that. That thing's so quiet. Yep. Just That's what I have upstairs at the seal too. Yeah, yeah, and when it's on, it's like. So, just saying, especially if it's going to go split between three different ones. So, anywho. Yep. Uh, Chaos is asking. I have been looking into Eno. Fiber. Kind of. Is it Aon? Oh, Aon. Uh, yeah, he, he said, corrected himself me. below. Oh, okay. Aon Fiber Laser. Kind of nervous since there's not much on it. Yeah, the uh, Engraving Machines Plus Fiber Lasers. Um, yeah. We we like Eon Laser. Um, we have used their gantry systems. We know where they come from. We know how they're made. Uh, and I can't say that about the Engraving Machines Plus Fibers. Um, unfortunately, it's a, it's it's almost certainly... This is an opinion, not a fact. Uh, it's almost certainly a white-labeled machine, which means it's being designed and manufactured by somebody else. And in order for me to really feel comfortable recommending it, 
I'd A, need to have one in front of me. I'd really want to take a look at it since it's a white label. And B, I'd like the details on who's manufacturing it. I want to know where it's coming okay. from. Um, well, Danny said in our interview that he, Eon's not interested in... like. Yeah, that, that's, that's, a, that's a deal yeah. between Engraving Machines Plus and Eon, basically. And yeah. so... But, uh, the the yeah. fact of the matter is that machine exists already on the market and probably has for a while and it's got a fresh coat of paint with a name on it and yeah. i want to know where it's being built i want to know what province of china it's coming out of i want to know what company's manufacturing it i want to know what kind of testing they're doing on the units before they ship them out and we literally don't have any of that information because all traces of the brand have been wiped away to make room for the emp stuff so um, I right now, unfortunately, uh, sorry, Danny would not recommend picking one of those up, uh, as a, as a kind of like standalone unit. If you're getting one of their, I don't know if their deal is still going on. They keep extending yeah. it, but if you're getting one of their January gantry 30th. machines and you're getting one of those for free, I don't think it's going to hurt anything, but yeah. I, yeah. if you're going to just buy a fiber laser, there is a laundry list of other machines, uh, that we have checked out and that we do know. Uh, significantly more about and we do have a, a relationship with those companies uh, that I would recommend first and you can find most of them over at the buying guide it's lasereverything.net slash buying guide so by the um, way I would start. just that because doesn't mean we're not we're not saying it's bad we just don't know right we just don't know yeah, yeah. if you're if you're trying to figure out to which machine you want to get <clears throat> I will say from the one thing that they were clear about is like what machine you'll get for each bracket or pricing. Mm -hmm. And it actually had a sheet that said you'll get 20 watt, 30 watt Rakus, or you could get the JPT. And it actually talked to you too about the frequencies and stuff. So there is information on what the machines are capable of. Um, but again, everything else they said. So <clears throat> that's one of those things to consider too, because there's a lot of people who they think that a fiber is just like a CO2 and that's not the case because if yep. you're not sure about what fibers do and what frequencies are you're going to need, the best video that I link to everybody that is asking me that kind of thing is the 2021 uh, laser, like what laser should I buy, what fiber laser should I buy in 2021? Because video. it literally goes over 20, 20 watt, Rakus, 30 watt, Rakus Max, and then the JPT and even the MOPA sources. And it's like a 15 minute video that basically teaches you everything that you need to know to ask the right questions if you're talking to either Aon or even like an overseas seller. Yeah. Seller yeah. And I, would, I, I would also recommend to everybody to um, if you want a little more information that's a little more up to date because there are some out of date mm -hmm. references and information in that video, even though it's a great video, Matt, um, and it's a good suggestion. I've left it up for a reason, uh, but also Galvo Lasers 101 on our channel uh, that's a, covers that's a lot of the same stuff without the brand specific recommendations and uh, has very clear, concise information about all Galvo lasers, not just fibers, but UV and CO2 Galvo as well. Really important things depth. you need to know before you get involved with any of those platforms uh, and, and what they're good at and what they're not good at. So that would be another one that I would recommend as well. Yeah. Got a newbie here saying he's learned a lot from your videos. In just a couple of weeks doing this stuff said thanks for making all the amazing amazing videos yeah man that's uh that's what we love to do we love our jobs uh, and we're all really grateful that we get to be here and do them so uh, i'm glad you're getting value out of it yeah mm. wendy says when venting is it true that you lose 30 percent every time the air hits a 90 degree turn so should you use turns or so should you 
should use turns only. Um, it's more about um, efficiency going around curves. So yeah, 90s are bad. Any hard corners are, are always going to be bad. You always want it to be like a sweeping corner if you can. So that's why when you look at something like um, like exhaust elbows for like connecting your furnace and stuff like that, they're generally going to be a rounded corner versus a hard corner because when a hard corner sticks out, it's going to kind of trap airflow. You're going to kind of get a little vortex in the corner. It's going to start collecting soot and crap. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it's not really efficient, kind of like an air intake for a car. When you start upgrading to like performance intakes and performance exhausts, they start removing um, extra bends that aren't needed or rounding them out instead of having hard corners um, for better airflow. The so, other thing kind of concept. I'll mention, I'm going to tack onto the, the end of that too, is that um, if you're worried about like suction performance, something that I personally, at least in my experience, is going to kill you more than the turns uh, that I'd be more concerned about is the ribbing on soft ventilation hosing so like if you're using that collapsible like soft pack ventilation stuff get rid of that and pick up some like pvc pipe or whatever and yeah that's gonna that's gonna reduce your drag like by a billion times because every single one of those ribs is more friction in the line when you get like a nice smooth pipe you're gonna maintain a huge amount of uh of that suction that you were getting from your ventilation that, that by the way where do you where do you get the yeah. is it just pvc straight up like I PVC? I, honestly dude i've i still use the soft pack stuff but i've never had to go i've never had to go crazy distances so it's not really affected me and i've always used yeah. centrifuge fans ever since we've moved into the new shop so i it's not really a concern for me personally i don't care because i'm only ever going three or four feet but people that are going further than that and a lot of people are that is a huge consideration, especially over long distances. Oh, and that's why I like that's what we were talking about a minute ago is like having to run this like this in case anybody who's never seen the show before. There go. It goes all the way out that wall. Right. So straight shot. Um, and then I've got a white pipe where the, the centrifugal is pulling from the boss 2436. But mm-hmm. my goal is instead of doing all of that and having all of that backflow and all that stuff, punch hole in the wall. Zip, zip, zip. Yep. So that's where Wendy's saying, like, oh man, like so many people are using that black stuff. I mean, like, I'm all about it, man. You know what I mean? Over distance, it's easy, it's convenient, and it can be moved easily. It can be moved easily. I can move this around depending on what diode laser I'm using. It can be packed up and moved super easy. There's a lot of benefits to using this, but it starts to break down, I would say, especially over 10 feet. And I have a huge eight-inch centrifuge fan with blast gates for all three of the hose lines that connect to my splitter. So I can maintain suction really well. So again, I'm not particularly concerned with using the soft pack stuff. But in the right yeah. situation, there's nothing wrong with this. This is fine. But if you're, again, doing something more like what Matt has to do, where he's got to push that air a long ways away from where he's, he's marking, that it, it, it adds up very quickly that drag and that's when you'd want to start to reconsider using like the soft pack stuff for the entire length of that that hose and by the way um that's where i have an inline fan so if anybody who's wondering like underneath the black tool bench i have a i've got 10 feet that comes off the wall to the black tool bench and it's all under stuff and out of the way um and that goes to an inline four inch and so the four inch inline is pulling while the eight inch is also pulling 
Yeah. And so it's literally just the eight inches really hauling it and the four inches helps pull stuff off. So and, uh, now that we're talking about it, the other thing that I'd want to mention too, uh, while we're on the topic is when you are removing air from somewhere, you need air to come in to replace it. So if you have the whole room sealed off and you've got your door to your shop duct taped up and closed up uh, and you're trying to suck air out of that room, you're just creating a vacuum and then the air isn't going to go anywhere. So make sure that you have a door open or a window open on the other side of the room. Something, some way. What about an AC? Is that a, no. Because it usually re recycles air. Recycling air from the same room back into the same room. So you, you need you need fresh air coming into the room. So basically I got to like pull open the. You'll notice you have an air inlet on the bottom with a usually a filter screen. Yeah, God, don't be all smart and stuff. That's God. a big like. I'll usually too like on something like the Ranger right here behind me when yeah. I'm working and I'm ex extracting something gnarly like acrylic. I will literally open the front bed panel and keep the you know keep the lid closed, but open the front bed panel to let air move in to replace the air that the exhaust mm -hmm. is trying to remove from that system. Because then you're just creating a vacuum within the system itself. So having positive air pressure all the way through. Uh, your system and not just at the point of extraction is really important and that's something that a lot of people don't think about so you need to replace the air you're trying to remove with fresh air both into the room into the space and into your machine so just something to keep in mind we got a question here in the comments uh how do you get every layer to print all at the same time in Lightburn instead of the image then the text or any other layer thank you for your time well, if you have different layers running, like if you have a fill versus a, a cut, that's why it's going to run individual pins or what do we call that? Uh, uh, yeah, the it's going to go layer by layer. Yeah, the image is a raster layer right. and so, requires a different movement system and operation settings. from the machine yeah. than the text, which is going to be a vector layer. That'll be a vector fill. I was uh, going to say the machine has to do different things to perform those operations. So it's not going to do them at the same time. Unless yeah. they meant like an SVG picture, like maybe like a, a an if, image. Yeah. If you're doing like do a, a vector separate. image with vector text under it, you can combine them into one layer yeah. and then, then they just have to run a double click on settings. the cut layer. Right. Yeah. So if you have different settings for those things, like if one set of vectors is set to 300 and then the other set in the middle is set to 600 on the speed, yeah, it's, it's not going to do 300 and then yeah. 600 and then three. That would be super inefficient. So it's going to do all the 300 stuff first and then it's going to do all the 600 stuff second. If you're trying yeah. to save time, check out. There's a few options for you. Make sure you have bi-directional fill turned on so that the laser is firing when it's scanning both left to right and right to left. And uh, if you really have some time and you're not doing a lot of large filled areas, you can turn on flood fill, which will actually like super optimize uh, the fill pattern and it can save a lot of time. It works great on text and light graphics, but it doesn't work well in large filled areas. Uh, it ends up leaving like visible scan lines. So that's something that you'll want to be aware of for flood fill, but bi-directional, uh, super easy thing you can just click on and basically half your job time and a lot of people don't use it and i honestly don't see a lot of downsides to having that turned on 99 percent of the time so um that would be some suggestions to help speed things up yeah uh, bill says uh because of usa import restrictions jpt has said in the future they may stop producing the m series 
and continue with the L1 type laser source. I'm guessing he means LP. Um, and what is the difference between the two types? The M is 1200 more expensive than the L1. Um, so I'm guessing by L1, you mean LP and then by M series, you mean MOPA. Um, so the current generation of standard MOPA is M7 and then you have M8, which is a completely different thing. But, um, the difference is one has Q pulse width unlocked. The other does not, uh, the MOPA series one is going to give you a frequency range of one to 4,000. The LP is going to give you one to 600, which is still more than what most people use anyway. Yep. So depending on what you need, the LP might be perfectly fine. That said, I I haven't heard anything about JPT saying they were going to stop producing their M-series stuff, so you might be yeah, confusing we'll JPT with the person assembling your machine. I'd really like to hear the source on that um because yeah, yeah. You, it may be the manufacturer i highly doubt that jpt will stop manufacturing and importing yeah uh their lasers but it may be just that manufacturer bill yeah it's cheaper ju- just so we're all on the same page so a u.s manufacturer um that assembles lasers is probably ordering these by the pallet or multiple pallets as a container mm-hmm. and it's going to be cheaper to import a lot of the same source versus less amounts of various sources. You can get a better rate. You can get a better price. They can be packed under the same pallet when shipped. And you don't have to worry about different series of lasers. It's easier to market one series versus two, right? So um, it may just be a a personal uh, decision for them to only carry one source type, for example. And that's, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. That's fine, but. Yeah, um, it would be nice to know. Yep, good answer. Good answer. Uh, Blood, sweat, and gear says, "How do you like the light object ranger?" Dude, I haven't gotten to play with it as much as I'd want to yet. Um, it's sick, though. I mean, just I still am kind of reeling off of those initial impressions. The one thing that's really captured me is the Trosen controller experience, uh, which makes you really keep talking about that, dude. It's fucking cool. It's so cool. Find me a Ruida controller where you can change the size of the graphic in the controller after sending it to the controller without having to reset the file. Oh, I mean, it's 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 oh. unreal. It's un. There's so much cool stuff that you can do with the Trosens. What's the company that usually has Trosen in it? It's one of the. Is it Epilog? No. Mm, no, no, no. Epilog no, uses proprietary stuff. hardware. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Um, that's I've like, seen a Trosen before, but it's okay. in like some fancy shit. Yeah, uh, Trosens are dope. They're sick, and Light Object puts yeah. them in all of their machines. Uh, the laser head's super small, like Eons. It's hyper lightweight, uh, so it moves very fluidly when it, it moves. Um, and from what I can tell, I haven't had to realign the mirrors yet from uh, having it shipped from California, which is super nice. But we will be able to get a lot more into that in March because Kyle and I are getting on an airplane, and we're flying back over to Marco's for a week. And we're going to be Bam. touching everything uh, on camera for, for a week. All the shows. That's what so, she said. <laughs> um, uh, this went down. By the way, quick. make sure you tune in for that live stream. <laughs> yeah, dude, no shit. Um, so seriously, a uh, lot more coming up on that really soon. Uh, I'm I'm still very happy with it. I've shot some B-roll already for the review. I've marked with it. I've cut with it. I haven't done too much advanced stuff. I haven't really pushed the controller with Lightburn yet to see if I can break it or get it to hiccup. Um, but that said, 
uh, so far it's been it's been amazing. Uh, it's been really really nice. Uh, another one of my favorite things about it right now is the layout of the internals inside the machine. So like I don't know if you guys have ever looked inside of an ohm tech, but to get to the water sensor, you have to open the main door lower the z-axis all the way down and then climb into the machine to get to like the back corner to like reach the water sensor literally every single component that makes this machine work is accessible right on the other side of one of the panel doors so you literally just pop the panel door off and it's just literally in a nice row right there made to be worked on easily on all three sides and you can just literally like like two inches Inside of that panel, everything is right there. You don't have to bend your hands around any corners. That's you don't really need a cool. flashlight. It's sick. And I've got a lot of great video of it that you guys will see when I publish the review. Because um, that was one of the first things I did after I got it on crated. Jimmy actually lifted it up on the forklift out of the crate. And then I went around with the camera and showed the insides of like what's behind every panel, um, which is really cool. So I have all that footage. You guys will hear more about it soon. Super dope. Marco's amazing. Light object is amazing. Amazing, and the Ranger and its big brothers uh, like the Mirage and Legend. Uh, super, super sick. You'll see and hear a lot more about that in March. Awesome. Yep. yep. I can't wait to uh, to build a laser with the Chorson controller too, because mm-hmm. then I mean you already have your your Ruido experience, Ruido experience, right? Yep. And now you have Chorson in there to kind of round out your your knowledge. Yeah. And then you've had Epilogue in the past yep. at work uh, and, and also the fiber cutter, but that's a whole different ballgame. That's side cut, um, yeah. yeah. I have the Ruida behind me in the blue poo and then it, you know, yeah. trosen to round out my knowledge when I do my build. We're getting a nice spread. Tony Marshall, yeah. five hey. bucks. Great work, y'all. Thanks, Thanks Tony. Appreciate Thanks, you, bud. Dude. Thank you so much. Yeah, I've got a Ruida and honestly, I mean, for it being three or four years old, it's solid. No, dude, right? uh, don't trosons. get me wrong. Like, Ruidas are sick. They do the job. There's nothing wrong with them. They don't have any a, downsides. They're they kind of like the standard for quality in yeah. terms of, like, what everyone like knows. Right? Like JPT. Like, just like, hey, what if it did more stuff? <laughs> you know, like, I just, it's, it's like everything you need, and then it has, like, it's like the slap chop, basically. But wait, there's more. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, exactly. It's like if Matthew McConaughey made their own oh, controller God. and said, do you got any weed? No, it'd be really cool if you did, though. You know, like, <laughs> what? it'd just be really cool if you did more shit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a long way going about it. But I wanted to bring this other one around. Uh, there it is. No, I'm sorry. This one here. <laughs> <clears throat> Wayne says, hi from Discord, Black Chili here. Uh, I had an issue with Lightburn. For some reason, my laser was giving an alarm code 2. I have two different laser profiles to correct. One does not work. Any thoughts? Kind of like, um, is that a G-code error? Yeah, is it a fiber? Is it a CO2? Is it a diode? Um, uh, uh, it sounds like it could be a G-code thing. Machine travel, so it's a slop error. Um, so alarm two sounds like you're not setting your origin correctly. So if you, uh, let's say your origins in the top right corner, um, check your, your, uh, light burn software in the origin section, it's in the laser tab and make sure that you're either using absolute coordinates and homing before you start so that it knows where it is and can move out from that origin position into the grid or 
make sure that you're having it set to user origin and you're hitting the origin button before trying to start the job. Because uh, that alarm two on G code, which is what I'm assuming, I'm assuming this is a diode and you're using G code. Alarm two G code is a slop error, which means that you are requesting the laser perform a job that will fall outside of the allowable range um, of your of your lasers workspace. Uh, so just double check your, your origin setup kind of stuff and make sure that you're doing that correctly. Have we covered any of that kind of stuff on the gantry crash course yet, Kyle? On error codes? No. Not just, I mean, just slop errors in general or like, um, like no. and homing and things nope. like that. No. Okay. So Not uh, in depth, keep, no. keep an eye on the gantry crash course too. Cause that's, uh, That'll that'll be on the short list. If that's not on yeah. a hacking plan, we should add it for sure uh, to yeah. that one. Which I don't think that I've really covered because we copied. It's not the, a thing really anywhere else. Yeah, we copied the the kind of like to do list for the gantry crash course from the Galvo crash course, and yeah. that is not a thing over there. So I want to make sure no, it's unique. That. So let's make a note. I'll add that on. Yeah, and, and we'll add that on. So uh, we'll have more more content on that soon for you, but. Again, double check, check with the Lightburn documentation on setting origin, make sure you're doing your positioning correctly, because uh, that's that's definitely where this issue is coming from here. Yeah. Um, G Smith says, I'm about to change from my light object DSP controller using light object software over to the Trosen AWC7824 controller that uses Lightburn mm -hmm. on my big red 100 watt CO2 dreading the retrofit. No, don't document everything. <laughs> The AWC just in case, yeah, seventy-eight twenty-four is the Trosen controller that I have, uh, and yeah. it's stellar. So it'll be worth the work. But yeah, the, like when you, when you write down where the screws came from, you know, like that yes. kind of stuff. Like tape your wires and be like, take photos of where the wires are before you remove them. There's yeah. a lot of wires on the back. Label them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, luckily, 100%. from what I've seen, the Light Object DSP controller. Um, and the uh, the Trosen controllers uh, wiring layouts are fairly similar, so it shouldn't be too difficult to get the wiring from one to the other. Uh, they 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 should be very close, uh, and there there should not be a lot there that that you have to kind of manhandle your way through. So you should be in good shape. Good luck. Have fun. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Um, Glotso Art says, what do you guys think about the San Antonio lasers? Their 50 watt Rakus is 18K with a week of training, I think maybe is too much. How much do you value in-person training in a classroom environment? You, is my question to you. You're in yeah. there for like eight hour days, aren't you? You're paying for I, the, I, you're paying for I the don't week. know. But, I don't know what, yeah. I don't know how many hours you're getting. I don't know how good their instruction is. Um, and I don't know what they're going to instruct you to do uh, or, or how they're going to teach it. What I do know is that $14,000 of that cost is that week of training. So um, take advantage of it. <laughs> I, oh, shit. Jimmy's here. Yeah. You know, he just showed up. Jimmy, uh, Jimmy snuck in. Is a week of back door. In training worth $14,000 to you? Uh, yeah. I, I'll be generous. I'll say twelve. dollars because uh, we'll cut, we'll think about like shipping, right? So a four thousand dollar fifty watt Rakus, a thousand dollars to ship, a thousand dollars on duties, right? I'm I'm trying to be generous, so twelve thousand dollars. So is, is is the week of training worth twelve thousand dollars to you? Yes or no? If the answer is yes, yeah. 
get a sale. They're, you know, I'm sure they're fine. Uh, very fancy. Yeah. They've got very nice paint. Um, if it's not worth that cost to you, uh, and you'd rather take it upon yourself to learn how to use the machine, um, then I would say skip and uh, pick up one of the recommended lasers again in the buying guide, lasereverything.net slash buying guide. You can get a 50 watt Rakus for. I, I wouldn't be spending more than four thousand dollars on on that. Yeah, you'd you'd be at like a well under a third of that cost for just the laser, and you could even upgrade to a JPT and still be reasonably around a third. Forty. Well, um, you know, yeah. you're going to dedicate a week and pay that much money. You can stay like take a week off of work at home and just watch all the damn videos that are out there and teach how to do it. It's yeah. time. There's so we many got playlists to find. Yeah, we got playlists all over the game. In all, man. in all fairness, though, some people learn need really it. well in a classroom environment, and they need, they need that structure. And that there's nothing wrong with that, right? That is absolutely a valid learning well, that's style. Why I'm asking, is it worth? Yeah, grand? Because some people yeah. are going to answer yes to that. Question. <clears throat> yeah, and the other thing too is if, some people want to be able to come right back from training and immediately put that into application. Because if you've yeah. got a business where you're ready to rock and roll and you're just waiting then pedal to the metal, you know? So just I a just, thought. I just want to be really clear that the the component value of that machine is about $4,000. It's five tops if it's the yeah. best fucking machine in the world, right? So, and then again, I'll give a thousand for shipping, a thousand for duties. Uh, so you're you're spending eleven dollars to $12,000 on the train. And I just yeah. want to be super crystal clear about that. That may be worth it to you, and if it is, then there's no one in the world that has the right to tell you not to spend it. I just want you to know what you're spending it on. Yeah. If that is something you're into or anybody listening, make sure you go with a list of questions that you want answered, mm -hmm. right? Get the most out of that time and that money. It is a classroom environment. So obviously they have a curriculum. So maybe day one isn't the best day to ask all the questions, but make sure you know what you're looking to learn on top of all the basics. Make sure you have a list of anything you're unsure of by the end of class so you make sure you're getting all your answers. I know for that kind of money, before you I walk wandered, away. If I wandered in there and I was like, you know, let's do this and they're like, man, the weather's so nice today. Like how's the drive? I'd be like, shut the fuck up and teach me how to use this thing. Like, <laughs> let's let's, like, let's stay like on point here. Consultation from a lawyer with a retainer, you know what I mean? It's like literally you just are yeah. not billing me for this, buddy. Oh, we're, we're done with class today, guys. Alex, you guys you really? No, 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 no. Yeah. Alex is with the stopwatch. How's everybody doing this morning? That's eight yeah. seconds that you owe me. Yeah. <laughs> Every minute you give me niceties is a minute I'm staying late. <laughs> yep. So yeah, that, that yeah, right. that's my tip too, is, I mean, just it's make sure you're, you're getting the most out of it, you know, be productive with that time with them, get everything you can out of it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right. What do we got? What's next? Uh, Taz says, Hey all, I am just taking the leap into the world. Hey, of Thank you for the knowledge. Y'all pass along. You are most welcome and uh, welcome to our world. We're really glad to have you. You've got a lot to catch up on. There's, over 200 episodes of Laser Everything, and uh, this is episode 62 of the podcast. So lots of listening to do, uh, for sure, and uh, watching and learning. But um, we're, we're really glad you're here with us. If I've missed your hello post in live chat, by the way, hello. Uh, I don't mean to. There's just a lot of you. So um, hi to everybody who's joined us so far. We're up to 56 viewers tonight. Really good turnout. So thanks for joining us if you're here live. 
Uh, Willie Sims is asking, what is the difference between the light EasyCAD board and the regular board? Uh, there are a few differences. The uh, light EasyCAD board has some arbitrary software restrictions that the regular board does not. So there are some things you can do in EasyCAD, the software with a regular board that if a light board is detected, it will not allow you to do. There's no reason for this. The boards are almost identical. Uh, it, it's purely a software thing and it's 100% arbitrary. The serious difference between the light board and the regular board is access control. Uh, there are two versions of the light board, an A board and a B board. I don't recall which is which off the top of my head. We have a video on it. Uh, if you check out the EasyCAD 3 downgrade video, we go into depth on this exact question. So it'd be a really good watch for you if you want the complete story. But the uh, either the A or B board uh, does support rotary and the other does not. There's no rotary access control whatsoever. Um, so if you care about using a rotary axis, make sure you pick up the right light board. Uh, the regular board has a secondary axis control. So if you want to use something like an XY table where you require two axis uh, control connections at a time, the regular board is a necessity because the light board is only going to allow you to control uh, one at a time. So uh, that would be the major difference and probably the, the number one thing to look out for. On top of that, um, if you plan on using light board uh, or light burn, rather, the it doesn't matter whether you choose the light board or the regular board because Lightburn doesn't currently have multi-axis support anyway. So even if you get the regular board and you have the hardware inputs for two axes, uh, you are not going to have the software support for that on Lightburn's end. So um, just a few kind of like touch notes there on that. Again, if you want the full story, go watch our EasyCAD 3 downgrade guide. Even if you're not downgrading from EasyCAD 3, that episode is loaded with info about these controllers how they work, the pinouts, uh, just like a, a ton of stuff uh, that we're, we're not going to be able to cover on the podcast. So I would really recommend that for uh, quote unquote further reading. Uh, yeah. Kyle, you are muted, sir. I don't know if you know that. I didn't know that. <laughs> Kyle's like, and by the way, everyone, You're that's welcome. the secret of life. Gar says, thinking about getting a CO2 Galvo, what should I look for? Mm. Ooh, something uh, like the gas head. <laughs> Listen, uh, I've said this so many times on the podcast that it's like broken record, dead horse status. But um, if you get a CO2 Galvo, and Matt and Kyle can back me up on this now. I was just talking to May about it this morning uh, because she was frustrated because people don't listen to me when I say this for some reason. Have you said something before about this? The beam is like a fucking Sharpie marker, okay? It is thick. It's a thick beam. It's not for detail work. It's not. There's nothing you can do to get fiber or UV-like performance out of a CO2 Galvo. It's not what it's for. It's for rapid completion of simple jobs on wood and tumblers, period. It's, you're not doing high detail work with it. You're not. There are a few things that you can do to improve the situation. And those are going to be a 20 millimeter scan head, which both Kyle and Matt have 20 millimeter scan head. Okay. The other one is going to be a small lens, small focal distance, 
low workspace size. I'm talking 110 millimeters tight. Uh, you know, yeah. everybody's showing off with their 300 millimeter workspaces on the CO2 Galvos. But they're doing full surface cutting boards. So you can't tell that the detail's not there because they're doing big logos and things like that. If you plan on getting fiber-like performance out of these machines, go ahead, Matt. I was going to say, you want to see one while you're talking? Yeah. See. So, <clears throat> so I, this is the 110, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Um, and so test looks really nice, like super pretty. Dark. Yep. Yeah, this is walnut, by the way. So it looks nice. Then this guy, let's see if it'll focus oh, yeah. better. So the 110, and you can, this is where I send a picture. Uh, is that good? It's, okay. Yeah. Um, so not a lot of depth. By the way, this was literally one of the first things I did. I did tests three times, and then I was like, let's do something cool. Yep. And so um, there's supposed to be a Lake Okeechobee in Florida, and it's not there. Yep. Uh, but anyways, if you notice, the K looks like it almost has some type of, um, I don't know. This is uh, Algerian, which if you know that font, it's actually supposed to have spacing between the thick font and like it's supposed to have like an outline almost that's not there so but the cool thing is i mean this was my first shot at ever messing with it and it uh, it's pretty acceptable to me like anybody um who but if you did this on fiber by the way which i'm gonna do also i can do the differences between those so just a thought yeah yeah um so the the second thing is Oops. uh that small the small lens size right yeah small lens size got to have it third thing large beam expander and the galvo lasers 101 episode that we talked about earlier during this podcast today covers this in depth so if you want more information please go watch that but you need to pair your scan head with your beam expander correctly if those two things are not paired correctly then it won't work or you'll lose laser power it's a little more involved than we have time to get into right now, especially because we're coming up on the hour. But uh, Galvo Lasers 101, go watch that episode. One um, thing to add. For real. Mm -hmm. So just last night, like literally Kyle hasn't fired his up yet, but I, I'm i the person who like, I'm going to fire it up before I go to bed, damn it. It is like 2 a.m. and I'm working with it. But the one thing that I saw is if you have that 110 lens, my focal distance is 167 millimeters, which means I'm only about six inches above whatever I'm hitting. Um, and there's a lot of smoke. If you're hitting wood, that's a lot of smoke. So you're right there. So two things. One, you're going to need lens cleaning stuff because that lens will shatter with heat. It'll explode uh, if you don't keep it clean. And number two, make sure you have really good exhaust because if you have really good exhaust, and this is where Alex and I were talking. It was like 1.30 last night, and we were talking, and Alex was like, get something like a little tiny fan just to help blow it to your extractor. So you need good extraction and maybe something even to just push air, you know? Yep. <clears throat> so just a thought, if that is something you're looking at buying, things that you wouldn't think about until you see it or until your lens shatters. And by the way, those lenses are like two to $300. They're not like $30, $40 ones off of Amazon. So. Yeah, they're, they're ZNSE, just like the $30 to $40 ones, but it's like a lot more mass. So um, the, you definitely need to keep that in mind. That said, they are ZNSE, so you can clean them fairly easily. Uh, microfiber cloth and a little alcohol usually does the trick. Um, oh, yeah. So very simple to uh, maintain. You just want to make Sam's sure Club. it's clean. Yep. Lens yep. cleaners. Yep. And uh, the last thing, which Kyle and I have touched on briefly, is uh, but not in depth yet, and we will, um, CO2 Galvo does have compound lenses. 
Matt was just saying the CO2 Galvo's lenses are two to three hundred dollars. Uh, the compound lenses for CO2 Galvo lasers are one thousand to twelve hundred bucks. Uh, yeah. That said, very expensive. That said, it will reduce your dot size by, I believe, Kyle, we said 15 to 20 percent at best. That's pretty big if you're doing, yeah, something like that. So, um, I don't know if that that upgrade is worth a thousand dollars to you, but if so, there are lenses that are available to you, uh, that that will help reduce your dot size. The other thing that we haven't really talked about yet is that when you upgrade to a 20 millimeter scan head, you are actually kind of screwing yourself out of using a lot of the basic lenses to their fullest potential because the input diameter of those single layer lenses, the non-compound lenses, is not generally wide enough for the wide beam coming out of the 20 millimeter head. We do have lists available. Uh, we should make them available. We got to put them up on the website or something in the documentation. Yeah, maybe in like the um, that resources. Show you what lens can take what millimeter diameter beam. So if you have a 20 millimeter scan head, putting a 20 millimeter beam into the lens, here are the lenses that'll work with that. And a lot of the lenses are not going to be compatible with a 20 millimeter head that you would get to use with a 10. That doesn't mean that they're completely unusable, but what ends up happening is that you'll lose the corners of your workspace. If you've ever seen the option in EasyCAD where you can change your workspace from a square to a circle, that's essentially what's happening because your laser is going to start clipping the edges of the input aperture at the back of the lens. Um, it's not great. The compound lenses work signif significantly better. I just don't know if it's $1,000 better. And that's kind of where the toss-up yeah comes in and what your budget is but they're all you asked i believe the original question was important things to consider right so th these are all things that you need to consider when getting into co2 galvo it's very different from fiber and uv the co2 galvo is the odd man out and yep. using one and operating one is nothing like Ooh. operating or using a fiber or uv so just don't expect that to be a similar experience because it's very different Two things. Yeah. I want to let Kyle mention this thing down here, and then talk. The we talked about the two different types there were: the resi tube, and then the one that you've got. So Davi, the Davi, yeah. yeah uh, so the coherent, da yeah. The the Davi tube is the Chinese manufactured tube, and then there are two others that you can pick up: uh, Sinrad and Coherent, both American-made RF tubes. Um, they're smaller, they're lighter, they have a larger frequency range. Uh, typically, they last a little bit longer. The actual performance while they're working is going to be about the same. So the Davi tube can do just about everything that the Sinrad or Coherent can do outside of that higher frequency range. But that's not anywhere near as important with a CO2 Galvo as it is with a fiber or UV. It's much more important on those platforms than it is uh, for CO2 Galvo. I've never used anything above like 30 kilohertz. On my CO2 Galvo, the entire time I've had it, uh, and usually the Davies are like one to twenty, one to twenty-five. Minus twenty-five. Yeah, um, the coherent is one to two hundred, right? So, uh, and then also you some sources, and this is something I'm still learning about. I'm not a hundred percent on this yet. So I, much stuff. I'm still educating myself, but some CO2 Galvo RF tube sources have a CW mode, a frequency of zero, where it's going to act more like a gantry laser in that it will not pulse the laser at all. It will just fire continuously. 
which could have applications with glass and other clear uh, or transparent substrates. Um, but that's entirely comes down to the source. By the way, while we're on that topic, I'm like swallowing here because I've just been talking so much. There's a lot to know. There's a lot of pitfalls here. Uh, CO2 Galvo d will not inherently do glass. So do not buy one of these expecting it to do glass because it won't. The pulse nature of most of the RF tubes that drive these machines means that you do not get the uh, energy density you need in order to get a nice marking on glass. Uh, the spot size has some something to do with that too. Your spot size with a gantry CO2 laser is much smaller than it is on something that's being projected through an F-theta lens. Um, so for those reasons, uh, you, you're not going to mark well on glass. If glass is your goal, you need a UV laser. Uh, you do not want a CO2 gallo. Uh, so just avoid that pitfall altogether too. I was very disappointed when the CO2 gallo came in and it did not mark glass. So uh, there's a reason for that. And uh, it's... it's we, we did the... We actually had the microscope on a UV versus a CO2 piece of glass. And it's wild. One looks like sandblast. You can literally see the silica grit mm -hmm. in the in the uv and then you've got the U, the co2 that just looks like fractured glass like macro micro and if you drag your thumb across that it, it feels like fractured glass yeah you're like oh look there's one <laughs> yeah so, so i mean the big reason for that right is because the ultraviolet is ablating the glass and the yeah. co2 laser is just fracturing it it's literally just heating it up until it breaks and you're kind of making designs and patterns out of that fractured web pattern uh the uv is actually ablating the glass like the fiber ablates metal so they're very different effects and on the, the other materials. thing too is you usually have to do like some type of a masking with like orange blazer tape and then you have to do uh some people will sandblast it then they'll take it and you have to weed the orange blazer tape you have to do all that stuff so it's a big process there Versus the UV where yeah. you just go like that rotary right there. I have a video that I posted in laser everything and in laser lounge and the bit, like that made a glass in a minute and 12 seconds. And yeah. it looks great. Like I took it to the bar to show the guy and he was like, hell yeah. Like, let's do these. Uh, so did you, did you guys see Glatso uh, art says, thanks for saving me $10,000. And if you guys offer in-person training, I have 10 years of experience working with universal and epilogue. I'm in Florida. That would be you, Matt. Whether you're interested or not, <laughs> yeah. that, uh, maybe. if you want to come hang out in a dank garage, <laughs> yeah, just shit. saying. Um, I don't. Um, yeah. I've got a cot. It'll cost you eight thousand, so we'll just save it. <laughs> I mean, you're you're got a net gain of two k here. I got some pop tarts in there. It's a 2K solid win and here. a free chode with every order. You know what I'm saying? It's <laughs> deal of a lifetime. Well, um, later, <laughs> <laughs> there was one in there about a K40. I saw. We've been answering like all these high-end big stuff. Yeah, I, I saw that. I'm gonna pull it up right here. Willie has a, a good point. Laser everything has weeks of training for free. We do. That's true, dude. So if, if you are if you are good with self-guided training, check out the playlist on the channel. I literally um, to set up this CO2 Galvo last night. I had to go in and look at the oh, timing thing, and Andrew. I looked at it and hit it like four times. Like I just let it keep playing. Have you guys seen the um, the Parks and Recs? gif where it's just him throwing the computer into the dumpster yes that's <laughs> my response to andrew just came over just from came the over CNC from world. 
picked up an okay. entry-level Ohmtech K40 to complement my shop. What kind of upgrades would you recommend? The trash can is what Alex <laughs> says. Thanks for coming so, in. So I'll, I'll cover this one. Right. So the problem with K40, it's a great entry-level laser, right? If it does what you want it to out of the box or with very little modification. The problem is, is once you start upgrading it to do everything decently, you no longer have a K40 by the time you're done. You now have an entry-level machine with a hacked-up casing. Um, and by the time you've gotten to that point, you've spent two grand on upgrades, plus the time invested, mm-hmm. and you could have just bought a $2,000 starter machine. That I will was say better set up for what you wanted you, to do. You do learn the ins and outs of your machine. I know it's one of the things that people have mentioned multiple times, but it's kind of like Boyce so. 10.0. You know, he started at voice 1.0 and just over right. time has evolved. <laughs> so. If you, if you, uh, if you want to go the upgrade route, that's fine. A lot of people want to, you know, build the machine the way they want it. And they want the experience of, of doing the electronics and going through the upgrade path. And, um, you, you kind of, there's some levels of knowledge that you just don't get without going through it in that manual way. And that's cool. Um, for most people that's, that's not a great way to invest your money um, only because at the end of the day, you end up with a much smaller machine that's still less capable than something you could have bought off the shelf. Right. So there's, there's ups and downs to it. Um, Upgrades. If you do want to go that route, you're probably going to end up hacking the bottom out of it to do a rotary setup. You're probably going to upgrade the controller. You're probably going to rewire it because the wiring is probably terrible. The, the controller um, thing is really going to kill you on, yeah, on cost. Uh, that that controller upgrade is a very large jump in price from a G code controller to a DSP. There's also standalone Z axis setups to to do like up and down Z axis stuff, whether it's powered or not. Either way, I mean, the, there's kits for both, but I mean, there's just so much. So Did before you, guys, you go down that path, what I will say is. If you want to go down the upgrade path, know that you're going to be investing far more than what the machine is worth. And you probably could have just bought a $2,000 machine and saved like 50 hours a year. Which may still be worth it. Maybe you throw like little wooden keychains in the K40 and it runs those yeah. Yeah. and then you have a nicer machine. To- I was just about to say the CNC, yeah. if you're if you're just using it as an additional tool, though, it's not bad. Like the one thing, too, that I know, uh, I, like you said, just the thing to lower the z like the, the bed like, Auto, like uh uh motorized z access uh yeah i think there's that but like there's even one that you can buy that just you can lower the z because it, it gives it depth actually oh. so you could actually put like a cutting board like a small cutting board or something like that in mm. so and that'd be good yeah um, uh so yeah. i also want to acknowledge uh peter brown says i just bought a slightly used red black 60 watt uh, that the original owner couldn't figure out how to use replaced hoses that was causing flow switch issues and aligning Ruida controller. Dope. Just so you know, I was looking through my podcast notes nice. here. Uh, I take little notes while I'm listening to them and editing them so that I know how to write the descriptions. And the last one on this one, uh, which should go up today or tomorrow, because I'm doing a lot of catching up uh, with editing old podcasts. I'm only a couple behind now. It's eight behind Ooh, at the height you. of being behind. And I think now we're two behind. Um right first upgrades for a used co2 we literally talk about it so um i'll have that published today or tomorrow the next two podcasts that will be published one of them is us 
talking and doing a Q&A just like this. And one of them is us interviewing the Riley Black Project podcast. Uh, not that one. So the other one where we're doing q and we literally answer this kind of like topic like and, and talk about it at length. Yeah, uh, we, we go very in-depth. So keep an eye out for that episode, um, which will be published sooner than later. Uh, and, and, and watch for that if you're interested in learning about some of the initial upgrades that you'd want to do to a used machine as well. Yes. <laughs> yeah, beam combiners is huge just for being able to frame oh, stuff yeah. out real quick. Yeah. Um, Glotso, join the Discord, and that might be the best way to link up with people who can help out or Matt or whoever. Um, mm -hmm. just, just so you know. Uh, Sargon Tavor is asking, do you guys know the life expectancy of the crystals in the UV? Or does okay. Chinese UV have uh, even have crystal? It does. It does. It just like a standard UV laser. The Chinese ones use the same tech. Uh, it's a filtered 1064 beam, and uh, those crystals do wear out. So you do get you get about 10,000 hours uh, of operation time out of those filters before your source needs to be replaced. Uh, the the filters are non user replaceable uh it's not something that you can repair fix or upgrade on your own so when they are shot uh you'll know because your uv isn't going to interact with the materials it used to interact with and uh and the, the entire source will have to be replaced so the cost of use is much higher on something like a uv laser than it is on something like a fiber laser where you could expect more something along the lines of like a hundred thousand hours uh, with yeah. the UV, you're, you're more like 10 to maybe 20 to get something really high quality. Um, so there, there is a there is a life expectancy on those. So hopefully that helps answer your question. Uh, the scientific duo is asking, what is the average? I know we're over, guys, but I just want to try to wrap through the, the rest, last of these really quick because uh, we are getting towards the end here. What is the advantage of using a compound lens versus a regular lens? Um, the compound lens literally takes the focus dot from the first lens and then focuses it more through a second lens. Uh, it usually, yeah. instead of just being a, one of them is a meniscus lens. That's the added one. What's the other one? Con convex and con. Uh, <sighs> yeah, it's like a con, it's like con, it's convex and flat. And that's the normal lens that we use on a day-to-day -day basis. It's flat on one end, convex on the other. It has a name, I don't remember it. The compound lens adds a meniscus lens underneath that. So you get your regular focusing happening, and then you get the meniscus refocusing that focus dot uh, as well for a further focus dot. Um, That's a fun I, word. Yeah, I haven't used meniscus. Uh, I haven't used a compound lens on a gantry system yet. I'd love to. I can't find them small enough to fit any of the tubes. Like any of my laser tubes, they're all for like big fat Omtech laser tubes, and the uh, both the Eon and the Ranger take like tiny little 15 millimeter lenses. So I haven't been able to find those yet. But the compound lenses on the CO2 Galvo do in fact work. Kyle and I tested them; they do work. I just don't know if the value is there uh, when yeah. you're looking at cost versus performance. I don't know if it's a big enough mm -hmm. improvement to justify that cost. You're looking at like investing an additional one eighth to one tenth the cost of the machine or even up to like one seventh just in a single lens to upgrade in order to get 10 to 15% improvement in dot size. Mm -hmm. So 
that's kind of something you have to do do the math on your own and to see if that's worth it based on the type of work you're doing. Yeah, did uh, you guys see Wendy Phillips up there? Even a 70 millimeter lens on a CO2 gamble with the beam expander is still not the same as fiber. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it never will. Still huge by comparison. I mean, yeah. uh, like factors of ten, <laughs> like larger. Um, yeah, like decimal places larger. It is super noticeable the first time you use it. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> ART is saying Ellie needs categories for freelance illustrator, local, having a hard time the finding one. We have a section for that in the Laser Everything Marketplace. So when the Laser Everything Marketplace goes live, uh, people will be able to sell their time as illustrators artwork designers it'd be so nice to have a place to just be like here you go there's yeah there's also the setup for coaching and and uh you know time rental for one-on-ones and stuff like that too so the infrastructure is in place so all we need are some great artists to come by and start doing artwork um also to going back to glatso i'm assuming it's it but um the art Mm -hmm. um training too i know he was asking about training and stuff like that that's where there will also be trainers and links to people and i'm, I'm assuming there's going to be like a rating system right like five yeah. star four, uh, yeah, yeah. Yep. feedback so there, there will be reviews yep. so that way you can go like hey this guy was really great for co2 galvo boom there you go yep and um with that i think we're caught up on questions uh we're almost great live stream. Over. excellent live stream great questions today guys <laughs> excellent excellent and kyle's been today. on the freaking look at those button presses i know he's on the he's because he, we've been giving him shit for long enough that he's uh he's he's like oh god stay on it now uh, he doesn't want me to take it away and send it to you matt <laughs> i want it i want it so bad um if you guys got value out of this don't forget to smash the like button let everybody else know the content is good and don't forget to subscribe and hit the notification bell so you get notified the next time we go live and the next time a podcast episode goes up you can listen to old episode podcast episodes everywhere that you can find any other podcast in the world including apple podcasts the number one way to make sure that we get in front of a larger audience more people see us and find us so leave us a five-star review on apple podcasts and uh, you don't actually have to write a review. Just leave the five-star rating. And uh, in the comments uh, for the review, you can let us know why you think Jimmy's face looks squished in his video right now. What do you think the reason is for Jimmy's face looking squished? If we get any good answers, I'll read them on next week's podcast. Like I said, we've got a lot of back episodes coming out, so keep an eye on the channel. Uh, a lot of stuff that's been shot and just not edited. Uh, and I'm, I'm sitting up this crunch time right now. I'm crunching hard. Also, don't forget to check out my personal channel. It's Alexander Saliti on YouTube. That's where you'll find Emergency Stop. You can just search for Emergency Stop or you can visit emergencystop.net. It's the same crew, guys, but we are not allowed to talk about work. So if you're interested in that, um, it's raunchy, it's funny, uh, it's vulgar. It's a good time. If if you want to continue to hang out with us, uh, go check out Emergency Stop. I just published episode five titled Poison Ivy, uh, which is an excellent episode. Really, really good. And if you love Laser Everything and you want to support the work that we're doing here to help you guys out, uh, please go join us over at the Laser Master Academy. It's the number one way to support the channel. We don't like uploading things and locking them behind paywalls. I never, ever do it. All of our content is available 100% for free for everyone. 
uh, thanks to our members over at the Laser Master Academy. So if you want to join their ranks, go check it out. Again, it's masters.lasereverything.net. And I think that's all I've got. You guys got anything? See you next week. Follow the socials. Buy See some you merch. next week. Follow the socials. Buy some merch. Forums. Boise's got to, Boise's got to represent himself. Go hit up Boy. Go tell Boise he's doing a good job on the TikTok. <laughs> Come pat me on the head. Follow the yeah. Instagram and uh, pick up a pick up a snack shirt. And uh, I'm pretty sure that's all I've got. Wish Kyle and Matt the best of luck with their CO2 Galvos, and we will see you in the next one. Thank you.